You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. That's a tough act to follow. This guy might be able to do it. Who knows? Um, he's actually kind of special in this field. He's, uh, we all want to get movies made. He made one. He got one made that was actually quite successful, Jumper. And I think uh, the new book that you're promoting is based on Jumper, is part of that cycle. And um, it's called Impulse. And I believe that we're going to hear a reading from it by Stephen Gould. Thanks, Derek. So um, this impulse, the original book, Jumper, is about Davy and who meets his uh, wife-to-be, Millie. The book, Reflex, is about both of them, uh, which was in early 2000. And now, are we getting enough... Uh, Volume? Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. The um, this book is about their daughter, um, who is sixteen at the time uh, this particular thing happens. This is chapter fourteen. It's around a third of the way into the book. Um, at the beginning of the book, in the first chapter, um, their daughter learns how to jump and I won't tell you how or why, um, but she does. And as a result, um, she has been living in isolation with her parents who have been hiding from people who want to uh, use their abilities. Uh, so they've been in northern Canada in, a, um, in the Yukon in a cabin, that, uh, and she's been jumped all over the world by her parents, but uh, she is not to this time... Um, She's been homeschooled. She's been isolated from other kids. And she, now that she knows how to jump, she forces them to allow her to go to school. And so she, um, because she's going to do it one way or the other, and she gives them the option of you can do it with me, or you can, <laughs> or I'm Get just going to go do way. it. <laughs> so um, this takes place um, around two thirds of the way through. <laughs> as she is exploring some of the things about jumping that she can do. Um, so, uh, the chapter's called Scent in the Desert with a Blunt Instrument. Mom went to a reception at a refugee conference in D.C., but said before leaving, Dad's handling dinner tonight at the cabin, okay? I rolled, rolled my eyes. At the cabin? It makes him feel safer. Seven, right? Right. That gave me three hours. It was 68 degrees in the desert in West Texas, where I'd had my encounter with the young rattlesnake, and the air was still. I'd arrived standing still, despite the fact that I was several hundred miles south of where I'd left. So my velocity, west to east, had probably just increased by a good chunk. I jumped to the edge of the pit, the sinkhole, with the water and the island at the bottom. Without pausing, I stepped off the edge and let myself drop toward the water, 50 feet below. I flinched. That is, I jumped away, finding myself in the pillow cave under my bed. When I'd only dropped a few feet, scaredy cat, 
I returned to the cliff's top. It was only 50 feet to the bottom. It would take just a bit over a second and a half to drop to the surface of the water below. I tested my hypothesis with a rock. One, one thousand, two, one, splash. I should at least be able to hold off to the one second mark. And shouldn't I be able to return to the pit's edge instead of my bedroom every time? I made it to one, one thousand before I found myself back under the damn bed. <laughs> the next time I managed to jump back to the lip, but didn't even make it to, second, to a second one in the ca cadence. I kept at it. At the end of an hour, I was dropping a full second and a half and then jumping away to wherever I chose. Once, waiting slightly too long, and my, once I waited slightly too long and my boots splashed into the water before I was gone. They were barely wet on the outside and the water hadn't had time to soak in. That was pushing it a bit. But even then, I managed to jump back to the pit's edge instead of hiding under my bed. Good enough. Considering just the local frame, after falling a second and a half, I was moving 48 feet per second. I had to go back and use my desktop calculator <laughs> to translate that, just under 33 miles per hour. Okay, so I was changing my frame of reference, going from 33 miles per hour to zero miles per hour, pretty much instantly. I was changing my physical location about 50 feet when I did this. What I wanted to do was stay in the same place, but change my velocity instead. There was a sandy brush and cactus-free wash further out in the desert. If I fell down there, I wouldn't get stabbed or hit my head on a rock. I got out in the middle and started by jumping to exactly where I was. Nothing happened. I didn't really jump. I guess my subconscious knew I was already there. <laughs> I jumped a foot to one side, like I had when caffeine dove at me in the cafeteria. That worked. So I tried a half foot. Jumping a smaller distance was harder. But I could stay right where I was and change my orientation, as if I'd spun around really, really fast. One second I was facing the darkening east, and the next I was facing the sun, which was nearing the horizon. I bet that looked weird. Okay, this time I tried to add velocity. It didn't work. I was hoping for the same velocity I had achieved at the end of the one and a half second drop, 33 miles per hour, only up. I just changed my velocity that much over in the pit, but when I tried it, nothing happened. Crap, I kicked the sand. It was like my first jumps, frustrating, totally out of my control. Maybe it wasn't something I could do, even though I was obviously doing it every time I jumped from a moving vehicle or north or south of my position. Certainly I'd been doing it from the drops in the pit. Breathe, I said to myself. It was weird, but when I say that, it's mom's voice I hear. I dropped my shoulders and stretched my neck to one side to side. How had I gotten control before? Not those panicked, reflexive flinches, but those measured, conscious jumps. Right, it had been the smell of things. But how do you smell speed? I thought back to the pit, to how it had felt as my feet neared the water and the air rushed by. The most memorable thing was the noise, the rising pitch of wind that rose to a shriek as the air rushed by faster and faster, louder and louder. 
I closed my eyes and tried to remember that rushing sound, the feel of the wind only coming from above. I didn't want to appear in the wash with a downward velocity of 33 miles an hour. I wanted to shit. <laughs> the ground dropped away and I tumbled up, losing my balance, flailing my arms, tilting forward, watching the wash drop below me like I was looking out of a rising, raising glass elevator. The, the drop slowed almost immediately, and several stories above the stand, I stopped rising and began dropping again, watching the sand come up faster and faster like the water in the bottom of the pit. I did end up back under the bed this time. <laughs> Don't even think about it, young lady, I heard in my dad's voice. Ha! I kept my eyes open the next time and tried to stay balanced, reaching for that right pitch and volume of shrieking air of flapping clothes, and I was flying up like a thrown rock. I still tilted forward when I bent my head to watch the ground, but not as much. I waited for the peak altitude and the beginnings of the drop, then jumped back to the sand below. <coughs> I laughed out loud. Happy thoughts. Think happy thoughts. <laughs> It was purely ballistic, like basic physic cl physics classes. If I was starting with the same velocity reached at the end of a 50-foot drop, then I was rising 50 feet before gravity killed my upward velocity. I knew the relevant equation. I sang it out loud. Distance equals one-half AT squared. Wash, rinse, repeat. I'd clearly done it enough times when my heart start stopped pounding as I shot into the air. I thought about the girls on the basketball team. I crouched and leaped, doing the velocity jump at the same time. How many people do you know who can jump 50 feet into the air? I let myself drop most of the way to the ground before I killed all velocity by jumping back to the sand. If I tried the same thing in gym, I'd crash into the ceiling. Less velocity, less noise, certainly less air jump rushing by. I worked on that same leap jump reducing the amount of velocity until I slowed to a stop with my head about 12 feet in the air. But I bet I could slam dunk a basketball. Tall as the girls on the basketball team were, I didn't think any of them could. If I could reduce the velocity, could I increase it? What would four times as fast be like? I tried to imagine what four times as fast would sound like, <laughs> crouched and leaped up into the sky. I wore my nicest kimono to supper with a full katsura wig in the Shimada hairstyle and the white pancake makeup. The kimono and obi are normally a real pain to put on by myself. This time, it was almost impossible. My feet made knocking sounds as I walked across the wooden floor in my willow block okobo. Why are your eyes so red? Dad asked. I got face powder in them. Ouch. I bowed politely and covered my face. Are we good? Yeah. So I'm going to go back a couple of sentences and you can, yeah. Why are your eyes so red, Dad asked. I got face powder in them. Ouch. I bowed politely and covered my face with my fan. So far, so good. It must have been at least 10 times as fast. I'm guessing. I certainly didn't have an airspeed indicator, but it was like hitting a wall. And the instance before I flinched away to the pillow cave under my bed, the wind ripped off my clothes, wrenched all of my joints, and blackened both my eyes. I hadn't really gotten face powder in my eyes. <laughs> I finally found my second boot in a stand of prickly pear. 
I never did find one of the socks, and my jeans were completely ruined, ripped in two separate pieces with several additional tears in each leg. My flannel shirt stayed on, but was ripped at the shoulder and pockets, and the sports bra never even shifted. The, <laughs> the panties were in the middle of the wash near the first boot. <laughs> Don't even think about it, young lady. Well, maybe Dad did have a point. Mom arrived, took a look at me, and bowed formally from the waist, hands on her thighs. Konbanwa o ginki su desu nae, sensan, arigato akasan. I bowed. Uh, you look nice too. Are we having Japanese? Indian, actually. Dad said. He looked back <laughs> at me. You want to go change to into a sari? I shook my head. It was the makeup that mattered. I moved very carefully when we sat down. Don't fall off your shoes, Dad teased. Leave her alone, said Mom. I think she's doing very well. In truth, my knees and ankles hurt so much that I was afraid I'd collapse. Eating was difficult. Managing the sleeves of the kimono put more stress on my shoulders and elbows. I should have dressed as a mime instead. <laughs> I bent over my plate and tried to move as little as possible. I was hungry. Mom said, I saw Becca Martingale this afternoon. Dad using his fork to pile some dal onto a piece of naan froze. How did that happen? She was attending a meeting at the same facility as mine. I said hello. Dad licked his lips. That's taking a chance, isn't it? He remembered the naan in his hand and took a bite. Mom shrugged. She's not the our enemy. Is she still with the bureau? She retires next year. What did you tell her? Mom sighed and shook her head. Just that we were well, that's all. Dad's eyes shifted, shifted sideways to me, and Mom said, No, I didn't mention scent. His shoulders dropped a little. What did she have to say? <coughs> Hyacinth Pope was transferred out of her high-security penitentiary to a low-security facility, ostensibly because of prison crowding. Dad's calm evaporated, his voice raised. Is she still there? She never arrived. Bastards, Dad whispered, but it sounded more vehement than if he'd shouted it. Well, yes, said Mom. She was calm, but she didn't look happy. It probably was them, though you can't discount personal initiative. Dad was staring across the room, focused on nothing. His mouth twisted. No, not with Hyacinth. I've heard that name before, I said tentatively. Dad bit his lower lip. Yeah, Mom said. She's the one who drugged your father when... She did air quotes with her fingers. They got him. She murdered Brian Cox, your father's NSA contact. She also tried to snatch me more than once. Dad said, I'm not sure we should be... Mom laughed, but there was no humor in it. You can't have it both ways, Davy. You want Scent to be careful, to watch out for them, but you don't want to tell her about them? Remember our first fight? Dad blinked at the sudden shift in topic. When you called my New York apartment and got the police? Mom nodded. What did we agree after that when we finally got back together? Dad said almost reluctantly. Never lie to each other? What kind of lie caused the fight in the first place? Lying by omission. Dad shrugged. It's not that simple. Scent is our child. I don't lie to her, but she's our child. I don't tell her everything either. He looked at me and smiled <laughs> sadly. 
and I know she doesn't tell me everything. <laughs> I tried to look offended. Mom said, Sint is a young woman who can be thousands of miles away in a heartbeat, going places you cannot follow. You can't control her, but you can educate her. You can give her the information she needs to be safer. Dad pushed his food around on the plate without taking a bite. Mom watched him, eyes narrowed, head tilted slightly forward. Me, I froze in place, looking at the table, trying to become invisible. I wouldn't disturb this conversation for the world. <laughs> Finally, Dad turned to me. All right, Sint, I guess it's time you knew. I turned to him, eyes wide. He cleared his throat and wiped his mouth with a napkin. I may have been less than honest about that Santa person. And the Easter Bunny? Total fabrication. I hit him with my fan. After supper, Dad built a fire in the big stone fireplace, the one that's for show, and we gathered around it while he and Mom told the story again. But in a new way, this time they named the characters, they described them, and they even showed me photographs. Not of the dead, mind you. No point there. But they showed me a picture of Hyacinth Pope from 16 years before, and from four years before, taken in prison, that Mom pulled off of an online wanted poster after she talked to the FBI agent, Becca Martingale. They talked a lot about drugs and darts and tracking devices and being handcuffed to immovable objects. Mom talked about the time they'd flooded her apartment with anesthetic gas in hopes of knocking her out before she could jump away. Dad talked a bit about the device they had implanted in him and the conditioning they used to keep him in specific areas. They'd told me the story before, but this time they talked about how helpless they'd felt. Dad, when he was chained to walls or electronically tethered to one location, and Mom, when she was stuck in the airy before she could jump, and later, when she could jump, but had no idea where Dad was. She looked at me sideways. I was falling off a cliff the first time I jumped. Your dad was escaping a beating with the buckle end of a belt. Dad blinked. Huh. What was your first time sent? When I made your, when I made your mother cry? I hid my face behind the fan. Mom laughed softly. What did you say earlier, Davy? I know she doesn't tell me everything. Dad eyes widened. You mean avalanche, I blurted. <laughs> a cornice gave way. Mom not dadded, and Dad went white, white as well snow. An avalanche? The only way you could have gotten caught in a... Dad's voice started low and steadily rose until Mom held up her hand, palm outward, like a traffic halt, halting oncoming cars. Dad actually stopped mid-word. Zip it dear. <laughs> she was snowboarding without clearing it with us. Mom shook her head. And you wonder why she doesn't tell you everything? <laughs> she looked back at me. I'm guessing Dad's wet ceiling was involved. I covered my face with the fan. Mom gently moved it to one side. You know that pancake keeps us from seeing your cheeks blush, but your ears still give you away. Damn. I give in. Yeah, several cubic yards of snow. Dad sagged back on the couch, opened his mouth, and then closed it again after Mom tilted her head at him. I tried to get it all up, but more of it melted than I'd realized. <laughs> That's why you washed all the cushions, Mom said. 
Them I just dried. Needed the washer for all the clothes on the floor. They were all wet, and most of them were dirty, too. Dad was still frowning, and Mom said, Look at the bright side, dear. Her room has never been cleaner. <laughs> yeah, Dad said dryly, before or since. Mom snorted, Okay, I'll clean up my room. Rooms, Dad said. Right, rooms, I agreed. My room in New Prospect was slightly cluttered, but that wouldn't take long. I licked my lips and took a deep breath. Dad? Yeah, Bunny. I licked my lips. I didn't get makeup in my eyes. Dad's mouth closed with a jerk, and he held up his hands. Breathe, Davy, he said softly. He ex exhaled slowly, inhaled. Breathe. He threaded his fingers together and settled his interlocked hands in his lap. It wasn't pot, he said. <laughs> there was no question in his voice. Let me take off the makeup, I said, and jumped. When I came back downstairs again, jumping, I was wearing pajamas and I'd removed the makeup. This time it was Mom who went b uh, ballistic. <laughs> who did that to you? Dad's voice. Dad was the calm one. He held his hand up. Not quite the traffic halt that Mom had done before, more of a listen. To answer Mom's question, I raised my hand like in class and said, Present. <laughs> Dad's voice was almost mild compared to Mom's. It looks like you got punched by an airbag. Were you in an auto accident? No, I said. Air, yes. Bag, no. <laughs> he frowned and leaned forward. How fast were you going? I don't know. Fast enough that it ripped off most of my clothes before I jumped away. Mom's hands were up in front of her like she wanted to reach out and touch me, run her fingers over my limbs to make sure I was all right. I smiled to show I was okay, really. I was wearing my favorite jeans, Mom. I'm going to need a new pair. <laughs> what did you do, girl? Jump outside a jet aircraft? The roof beams in the living room are well over 20 feet high off the floor. I was sitting on an ottoman, my back to the fire. I pointed at the ceiling and said, up, up, and away. <laughs> I did the short impulse, the one I'd practiced for 12 feet. I didn't bother springing to my feet or even standing. From their perspective, I just shot into the air, still seated. Dad made a small ha noise. Mom gasped and jerked back against the, uh, the couch cushions as I rose up. At the apex, I just jumped back down to the ottoman. My joints still hurt, and the thought of physically absorbing the landing was too much. We're used to seeing each other jump. At least I was used to seeing them jump. But this was different. Dad mouth, Dad's mouth was twisted in a strange smile. You can fly, <laughs> Mom said. You just have to have happy thoughts, I said. <laughs> Dad left. We mean no harm to your planet. <laughs> he shook his head. She's not flying. She jumped. He laughed again. Jumped. Ha! I saw her flicker. She jumped right where she was. Didn't you see? But with a change in velocity. He pointed his finger toward the ceiling. That away. How fast were you going? You slowed, I thought, before you jumped back down. I nodded. About 27 feet per second. Yeah, I was at the top, about to drop. 27 feet per second, Mom said. Uh... How fast is that in real speed? Mom's actually fine at math, but I guess she was a little rattled. 18, 19 miles an hour, I said. How fast were you going when um, Mom gestured at my face? 
I was trying to do 200 feet per second, about 130 miles per hour. Why that fast, asked Dad. I was doing these jumps where I'd go 50 feet into the air, and I calculated the velocity was about 55 feet per second. I wanted to quadruple it. I touched the skin below my right <laughs> eye. I think it must have been more like 10 times, maybe more, like 300 miles an hour. Dad shook his head. All right, where were you doing this? Near the pit. And Mom said, sent in the desert with a blunt instrument. Beside your face, how do you feel? <coughs> my knees, hips, ankles, shoulders, elbows, and wrists all throbbed. A bit stiff, I said. This full disclosure thing took some getting used to. Better not overdo it. Dad couldn't help himself. I did warn you. You're lucky you're not dead or paralyzed. Mom ignored him. I think perhaps you should stay home from school tomorrow. I didn't fight that. And I am his first reader. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.